Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another week. We're here. We're ready to talk about lots of stuff, including some controversy. As always, because who are we without some controversy? Um, um, and what is the Premier League without VAR controversy? No, it's like every, every week, honestly, at this point. Week. So every it's week, expected. Um, we should just always have a segment uh, on it. <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to start with, um, there are a couple of like Thursday, Friday matches to cover. Um, starting with Thursday, where Fulham played Chelsea on the last. Yeah, which is. One, we yeah. said if Chelsea lost this game, we thought that would be really, really bad. Um, they lost. They lose. <laughs> which I maintain is really, really bad. Um, yeah. We'll go. They played twice since the last time we spoke to you about Chelsea. We spoke a lot about Chelsea last time we recorded. Yes. Um, but we they have played twice. Um, so we will probably briefly discuss them again. Um, but... Um, some other, you know, less like some other results that we perhaps will not discuss in depth include Aston Villa, um, Leeds, Aston Villa one two one entertaining game, but ultimately, you know, Aston Villa two one, um, Southampton yeah. beat Everton two one, Nottingham Forest beat Leicester two zero, Wolves beat West Ham one zero. I will Brentford. say the Southampton win over Everton throws the relegation battle into even more entertainment. Yes. And the that Nottingham could... Forest win means that they're doing quite well right now for themselves. Like we said last week, the relegation battle is going to be quite entertaining. Continues to be very entertaining. The results this week only only sort of solidified that that is going to continue to be a very entertaining battle. Um, blah, 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 blah. Wolves beat West Ham 1-0. Brentford beat Bournemouth 2-0. Um, Newcastle beat Fulham 1-0, which is, um, like, it feels like the first time Fulham's lost in a while, but, you know, nothing nothing shameful about losing to Newcastle, who are quite good this year. No, um, and yeah. then earlier today, uh, Crystal Palace and Man United tied 1-1. I don't have any commentary on this game because I literally saw that score five minutes ago. Um, yeah, we were both like, oh, Man United tied. That's good for us. <laughs> yeah, so um, you'll notice we left a couple of games out of that list um, in terms of things I think we want to talk about. So I think we'll talk good news. Well, for good news, bad news, good news, In from my point of view. Good news, bad news, good news. Or like good news, bad news, neutral news, In my from my point of view. I think in your point of view, it will be good news, good news. Good news? Good news. Yeah, I think, like, for you, it's a good good. For me, it's good, bad, neutral. Um, and this, of Don't course, say the, the neutral game. I... Anyway. It's neutral for me. I, I'm not mad about it, but I don't. It would have been better for me had the result gone a different way. Okay, it's okay. my result. Okay, um, okay. We're going to start with one that we both think is both quite good. Good news um, Brighton beat Liverpool 3-0. Um, hilarious. Genuinely, this was what saved my Saturday. Like, <laughs> saved my Saturday. Um, we'll talk about why my Saturday needed saving in a moment, but this is what saved my Saturday. Um, hilarious, love it. Ten out of ten. Go Brighton. Fuck them up. Liverpool continues to be an absolute mess. Yeah. Um, 
I continue to wonder what the ever-loving hell their problem is. Like, Pop? I think, yeah. Because I think, like, just putting it, it out I was, there. I was having a conversation with my friend Isaac, um, who I've mentioned time. He was time on again this on podcast this. at some point. Yes. Um, a long time yeah, ago. So Isaac, um, once upon a time, who has been here before, but Isaac, um, is a Liverpool fan, and I was talking to him on Saturday about like what the fuck was going on, and he was like, "Honestly, dude, like I don't know. Like I have no explanations. I don't know why we're a mess. Like." Honestly, and and what's so interesting is I feel like early in the season, a lot of the blame was put on Trent Alexander-Arnold's shoulders, and I dislike Trent Alexander-Arnold, so I don't have a problem with that. And I think like he was playing particularly bad defensively early in the season, but I do think he's cleaned that up a little bit. Like it no longer yeah. seems like he's the weak point. Their whole defense is a weak point. I don't know if you watched any of. I don't, you didn't watch Liverpool Brighton, did you? I didn't. Wa- I watched the highlights of it because. I wanted to be entertained. So I didn't, I, I guess I didn't get the full, I mean, obviously their defense so, was bad, but I didn't get the full. I will tell you like every time Brighton had a corner kick or like an offensive set piece, like it literally was just like the Liverpool defense just didn't know how to set themselves up, which is absurd. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Because this is an experienced back line that two years ago was like, pretty comfortably the best back line in the premier league and is the same players yeah there are not there are no change there have been changes at liverpool but not in that back line or their goalkeeper including if you want to include alison and alison i don't think has in particular is having a bad season necessarily he hasn't done anything to make me it doesn't feel like he's the one messing up like no which we'll talk about later it feels like it's it's, in front of him that's just putting him in an impossible decision yeah i like don't it genuinely seems like I, I made a joke that I was like, has Van Dyke been body swapped? Like, because I, I have been critical of Van Dyke in the past um, of the different things that he does. But one thing that he has always done well is positioning. He's always yeah. well positioned. He sets yeah. himself up for success with his positioning. And yeah. I think that is one of the most important things about being a defender is how you set up yourself and the other players around you. And as a center back, you are in charge of that, right? Like, yeah. And I just don't understand like where that's gone. Like why suddenly they look like they don't know how to defend. And it's not like they're making, it's not even that they're like specifically making a like giveaway mistakes, that kind of right. thing. It's yeah. like their whole setup is bad like it looks like they genuinely just don't know what they're doing and yeah. that's bizarre to me because these are like i said this is the same back line liverpool's been playing with for like four years yeah it's not like anything's changed and it's not like they've like they never let on that they were starting to look, like get old or not play well right right like no and know. like obviously trent alexander arnold is still quite young andy robertson yeah. is by no means old no van dyke i think is early 30s maybe he's not particularly old like and i think who's play who matip is their other center back right now i I think think. so and um like again like these are this is an experienced back line that has played together for years yeah i again klopp though like not really sure like why that would be 
necessarily seeing as well, he that's coached what I mean, their back right? Like it just feels it just seems like something's off and maybe just something it's is not off. like it's not like they've like screwed around with the formation kind of thing, no. which like would be on Klopp. Like that's not what ha- like it's genuinely kind of inexplicable to me. Like I don't understand why they're a mess. You could understand if their problem was that like if they kept drawing zero zero, right? Yeah. Right. Like then you'd be like, okay, well their their issue is offense. Offensive yeah. production, which you can see because they have an aging midfield and they're they they haven't quite found the right forward combination to be the most successful. Yeah. Like that is certainly true. Yeah. But like I think you can pinpoint point kind of what the problems are offensively. Yeah. Oh, but I yeah. think it's a much bigger problem when you like you you neither can score goals or stop the other team from scoring goals. Yeah. Like your whole team is that not doing just great. doesn't work. Yeah. Like there there have been teams that have been successful or moderately successful before that maybe leak goals like crazy, but they score goals like crazy. So they just yeah. outscore they they win four three all the time. Like there are teams like that. Or there are teams that, you know, get a lot of zero zero draws and or a lot of one nothing wins because they don't yeah. they don't manufacture a lot, but they don't ever get scored on. Right. Yeah. So like that is is a thing, but I just I don't know what the Liverpool problem is. It's funny. I'm amused by it. Yeah. But I wish I could explain it. It would be funnier if I knew what the problem was, I think. Well, I don't know if Liverpool fans have any answers to it either. I don't think anyone has any answers to it because it seems like people are uh, relatively confuzzled by it. Um, and people are, I think, now wondering uh, maybe what's up with Klopp and will he leave, will he not? He's been there for a long time now. I don't know where he would go. Mm-hmm. But anyway, satisfied with Liverpool not doing great. Liverpool and Chelsea tanking it. We love it. Um, sorry, Chelsea. You have like 15 um, injuries. Speaking of, speaking of Chelsea, before we move on to the games that made me rage, um, <laughs> Chelsea did did finally win again on Sunday. They beat Crystal Palace 1-0. Um, it was an early morning game, so I didn't get up for it. But I they did finally get, get a result. Um, I will also say... Um, because we didn't mention this when they played Fulham, they just threw Zhao Felix in that game, which we were oh laughing about. I think Zhao Felix got off the plane the night before and literally was just like, "Go play." They literally we have no other solution. Go go. I I guarantee you, Zhao Felix doesn't know everybody's name. He don't know everybody's name. No. They said get on the field, and he said okay, and then he got right carded, and then he got a red card, and then someone was Suspended like, for oh. two, two two or three games. Three, it's three games. He was there. going to be yeah. there for twenty games. And someone like did the math that now like so now he costs now he costs yeah. I think this is hilarious now he costs six hundred and sixty six thousand dollars per game. Exactly, that's hilarious. In a lot, that's hilarious to defend Zhao Felix for a second. He was like one of the only ones looking good in the first half for Chelsea. He looked good, surprisingly so. Here's and what it was I was a say bad about... challenge. Like he knew Here's it was a I'll bad say... challenge. Here's what I'll say about Zhao Felix. I. Well, okay, before I get into, like, the serious analysis, the jokes on Twitter about Jao Felix's bad challenge that earned him the red card in the three-match suspension, the, like, memes were all, like, he saw how the rest of the team was playing and was like, fuck this shit, yeah, I'm not no, totally. playing this anymore, <laughs> and that was hilarious. Those are hilarious jokes. Obviously, that's not actually what he was doing, but, yeah. like, very funny memes. Um, I, I tweeted this, and I think I said it to you as well. Like, I 
think Jao Felix is a good player. Like I generally like him as a player. Like I think he's good. I think he's talented. He just is not the Chelsea's problem. Like he's not the solution to Chelsea's issue. And I don't think he's necessarily like a bad signing. I think that Jao Felix needs to get out of Atletico Madrid. So I can understand from his point of view, why he would want to just take, you know, take a second season loan move. Like, I think from Joe Felix's point of view, his, his idea is he's not necessarily going to be like Chelsea's not necessarily an appealing prospect for him long-term, but it gives him an opportunity to get out of the Atletico Madrid system, which I think is his primary problem is that system. He gets out of that system, can show himself off a little bit and get a move that he does want. Like, I think that's ultimately like what's good for him about this. But like, obviously that a three match suspension like ain't great, but like, we'll see what happens when he comes back. I do think he, like, I don't think he's going to spe- like hurt them more, no. but I don't think he solves all their problems. No, no um, probably not. But, but, but the f- other funny Chelsea news that's funny because of Arsenal is that Chelsea, okay, I don't know if I mentioned this. I don't know if we talked about this, but Arsenal was trying to get this Ukrainian winger, Mudrik, and Shakhtar really wanted a, what I would deem an absurd amount of money for him, for someone who's like 21 or something and hasn't done that much. Um, anyway, so Arsenal, you know, is going along the way, whatever, whatever, and then Chelsea swoops in and like pays the money. And I will say I did see the funny memes. Okay, of this, of him sitting there and everyone being like, because he was like active on social media, like he was literally he like wanted to go to Arsenal. And he then, was quite literally that. thirst posting after Arsenal, like thirst yeah. posting after yeah. Arsenal. It and was someone... hilarious. And then he gets swiped up by Chelsea, which is funny. And because Chelsea, this is not the first time Chelsea's done that. Um, but what the other thing I find bizarre about the um chelsea signings have you seen how long those contracts are yeah they're signing guys to like seven eight year contracts that's insane yeah that's why and i saw somebody say that they think it is because todd Bowley is coming from american sports where longer contracts like that are more common um which i don't know if that's true i don't know enough about signings in american sports to be completely either. honest it's just it's, um, it's just so different but I don't somebody that's know. what they were saying like okay. somebody somebody was saying that's like probably what it is but it's like that that don't work here that's what if you don't work out like he's 20 21 like you don't know yeah that's kind of guy and, and football too is way like more like mil for eight years for <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's like, insane. Unlike like let's say like in basketball in the NBA where you can do that with a player and then build a team of like five or six players around that player. Like in football, you can't do that because like it's so many players and like it's just different. Like it's also like the co- the guys who do get like big long contracts like that. There's I think I feel like there's two types of players that do. Um, it's the players that are like in the latter stages they get those big contracts in the latter stages of their career who are like i want to retire with this club yeah and they i'm gonna get, like, like play a little but like also yeah they get those like things. retirement yeah. contracts yeah. right but yeah. they're the contracts that are like you play however many years and then when you finish you're gonna do scouting for us you're gonna do this yeah. or whatever like yeah. you're retiring with this club like that's yeah. one type of long-term contract 
the other type are the types that um i i think the best way to say it is like homegrown players yes. do yeah. like for example phil foden's contracts are generally like a little bit longer than a player that you would be signing from outside the club because yeah. he came through the club system he's not really nobody's ever really thought that he was really interested in leaving yeah. but even then young players tend not to sign very long contracts either even when they're homegrown because there's a power to having a two-year contract and then renegotiating two oh, years later yeah. if you're 21 and you know you're worth however much salary at 21 when you're 24 you might be worth twice that like oh, i mean you like have- that's how that's how uh, like for arsenal it's insane like i saw some funny thing it was like like for Saka, Martin, like we've gotten a lot of young players like Odegaard. How did we spend mm-hmm. no money on him? Like mm-hmm. he is arguably like the best player in the Premier League right now. Like it's insane. And he's going to stay with Arsenal. And I don't know how yeah. long his contract is, but they're going to peg him a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Because he fucking deserves like, it. Julian Alvarez, who signed for City about a year ago yeah. in a winter contract for like less than 20 mil. Like, like 18 17 18 mil something like that which is really cheap for a player of his talent he i'm not sure how long his original contract was but they're already talking about how offer him a new one a renegotiated one with a higher salary because he's more valuable now than he was a year ago well arsenal's doing that too with like martinelli i think like there's like soccer has like a low salary because his contract is just old because and like phil foden Phil Foden signed a new contract in the fall, which was, a, this was his second contract as a senior player, but like, or his second time he'd renegotiate, he'd gotten yeah. a new contract yeah. as a senior player. But like when Phil Foden initially broke through, like I say this obviously in context, but he wasn't making jack shit. Like hmm. obviously in context, I mean, a lot more than I do in my, no, but like he's a young guy, guy who was but like half in, in context, like, like at 17, yeah. like, when or like Rico Lewis, for example, he's not making jack compared to the rest of the oh, guys no. on the first no, team. Not. He doesn't have a big senior team contract. He's probably gonna get one. He'll get one end probably. Of this year. Yeah. But he doesn't have a big, you know, yeah. multi million dollar contract the way that, you know, Phil Foden does because he's an academy kid. And so then he'll negotiate or his agents and you know, they'll negotiate a bigger one because now he has holds more value. It's just insane. And that changes so much over the course of and we've of people's careers. And we've also seen the way that like injury sometimes changes players completely. The best example I can think of that is Marco Asensio. Like I want Marco Asensio to get back to things and I think he could. But like if you think about what Marco Asensio was doing before he blew out his knee versus what he's been doing since he blew out his Mm -hmm. knee, like there's been a decrease in value from that player. Like, yeah. that's not true for every player that gets injured. There's plenty that get injured and they come back just fine and it doesn't matter. But, like, yeah. player value is so – changes so much. It and it can change so much in, in very little time. Yeah. That, like, signing young players to eight-year contracts is unhinged. Yeah, back to, like, the beginning of this conversation. A – like, I'm surprised Mudrik, I guess, does he even have, like, a say in how long the con- – like, I wouldn't want to be signing a long-ass deal with Chelsea, who is, like, clearly on a downward swing. 
No, but I think what somebody was saying is that, like, the other thing, too, about these big contracts is that it gives the player all the power in some mm-hmm. ways yeah. in the sense that, like, he's locked in for eight years at some high – I'm sure he is – they paid him They're a high salary. Him. I'm sure it's a oh, high salary they, they have for to. the eight years. But, like, he could be jack shit. He could ride the bench, and they still have to pay him that. Like, Well, that's the problem, right? Like, that's you know why I mean? they Arsenal... don't have – there's that's no what... motivation yeah. – for him he's like for the better part of his career you know unless he decides to move somewhere and i'm sure he's got a big transfer you know fee in there yeah um you know he's locked in at chelsea for the better part of his career for a great salary like despite this whole fiasco with ronaldo like it is not it is difficult to remove a guy from your club who is signed to a long-term contract oh yeah if you want to get rid of him and he doesn't want to go that's i will hard. like look at arsenal and obama like, yang that was the problem or, last year or the revert and the reverse is true as well right like it's hard to move if you want to move and the club won't let you yes, and you're locked in the contract that's free yeah harry kane um poor harry kane but, <laughs> not really though but like uh, my point being like it doesn't you know shorter term contracts force players to like constantly you know Be better themselves, themselves as players that they prove deserve... themselves as players yeah compete at the highest level yeah. because if they don't their contract isn't going to go up or their contract isn't going to get renewed or yeah. they're not going to get a good transfer when their contract is coming up they're not going to be able to go to the club that they want to go to like it just it doesn't make sense from like any it, it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense anyway point all this to say Chelsea is still doing bad business. Yeah. Per usual. Per usual. Anyway, um anyway, I find that entertaining um that uh that happened. I don't really think that Arsenal needed him, but it would have been I mean it would have been nice, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Um anyway, shall we get into the two games that were um the big games I would say this week? Due mm-hmm. to the fact they were both derbies, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about the Manchester one first because it happened first. Listen, listen. Here is it. my sort of like overall thoughts on it. Like summed it up, my thoughts on it. If you listen to last week's, you'll know that I was really not the most optimistic coming into this game. It's at Old Trafford. Man United has been on an upward trend. Man City has been on a downward trend. Um, or not necessarily downward trend, but like having some in a little bit of a ups and downs in a little bit of a down, um, which happens to all teams. I'm not like super concerned about it in terms of like long term, but it's where we're at right now. Um, in the best couple of games for City leading up to the game. So I was not super optimistic about it, right? I didn't hate the first half. I thought we played fine um could have been better could have been worse john stones i think it was missed i think john stones um is easily our best center back and i think he's missed quite a bit but nonetheless i didn't really have a problem with our defending um i thought Cancelo played better in this game than we've seen him play in a while i thought rodri played great rodri played great i agree um rodri was one of the only players that i thought played great um Bowden 
just has not come back from the World Cup super well. I don't. I texted Kat maybe like 20 minutes in and was like, is Foden injured? Because I thought he wasn't on the pitch and he was starting. And that was kind of like the feel. Like he's not doing anything wrong. It's just usually he imposes such presence on a game. And like you, and and particularly he's had done historically pretty well in Manchester Derby. He scored a hat trick in the last one. Like, yeah, um, he usually shows up for that game. So it, not and but that's like he also hadn't had the start like he just didn't pick up where he left off pre-world cup right so i you know he's still honestly honestly he's still a young player he's only 22 like they have their ups and downs you know what i mean like i am not people are getting a little bit ahead of themselves people have suddenly been going like and and i don't think this is i dislike this comparison because i think they're really different players but nonetheless People are like, oh, Foden, I told you guys he ain't shit. Saka's the one. Saka's the one. I'm like, they play on opposite sides. They can play at the same time, my guys. Like, they, they should play. They should always do play. They should, the they should play at the same never, time. Never like, tell me they should, should not be playing at the same like, time. Like, you don't, they don't need to be in competition. They are both very talented young players. They have different, in my opinion, slightly different skill sets yes. and slightly different yes. purposes within the team. Whatever. Yes. They're both great players. I love Saka. I, even as not an Arsenal fan, I think he's a great player. I have nothing bad to say about Saka. But I think, like, people are going a little bit too aggressively on the fact that Foden is in a bit of a slump. Everybody has slumps. Yeah. Literally everybody. He's yeah. in a bit of a slump. It's fine. He'll bounce back. It'll be fine. Um, Holland is sort of... It, there's nothing wrong... Here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with the way Holland is playing. But Holland can't score if nobody can get the ball to him. I was about to say that. I just feel like there's no... There's no service to Holland. There's, there's no absolutely service no service to Holland. At all. There's no yeah. service to Holland. And particularly notable in Kevin De Bruyne is very much in a slump right now very much like very and I he was playing so well pre the world cup and is clearly just it's not clicking for him right now his his passing and we we all know whether you hate city or not you know Kevin De Bruyne is one of the best passers in the game yes they're just not coming off right now I said something about that to, to my friend Isaac who I mentioned earlier Isaac is theorizing that De Bruyne is maybe carrying a little bit of an injury and that's why things are not clicking for him. I don't know that I super buy that. Um, just because I think that city is deep enough that they don't need to play him if he's injured. Like, I think if he was injured, he would just sit a couple games. I would hope like, so he wouldn't... too. They're not like in the situation where he has to play. I also yeah, think that no, I would it's also not that... like it's the middle of the season. Like we can always bounce back from a couple of games, even if they didn't work out super well. And it's not like he's playing so well that you would want him to play, even if he's injured, you know what I mean? Like he's not playing well. So like if he is injured, like we have players who can play there, like why would we not just sit him? I don't know. So I don't necessarily buy that. I just wanted to throw it out there as a theory. Somebody had mentioned to me. Um, Mara's on the other hand, I do think is playing pretty well right now. Yeah, Um, He's one of the only players who is, um, and Jack Raylish, when he came on, I thought looked great. Um, I think Jack Raylish is finding, and I said, I think I said this last week too, but I feel like Jack Raylish is finally finding his feet now in the second half of the season here, um, which I predicted going into the season that I thought he was finally going to break it um, this year. And I feel like he is definitely like, it, he scored the goal for City, City's goal. Um, and I'm very happy with him for scoring the goal um, for him to score the goal. Very happy with how he's yeah. played. I, I think he's finally sort of figuring out what he wants his role to be in this squad. Um, so that's my thoughts on city. 
Now, if you know, City lost 2-1. Yeah. Um, they scored first uh, in the 60th minute, and then uh, Bruno Fernandez scored in the, I believe it was 78. Um, so relatively late in the game. This is the goal that is causing all the controversy. And the chaos. We love it. Not actually. Because if you didn't see it, you should go look at it. Because it's going to not really probably make sense by just me saying it. But you've probably seen it. Basically, <laughs> the ball gets played through. Marcus Rashford is in a very clearly offside position. Yes. Marcus Rashford runs on top of the ball. Like, basically, it looks like he has the ball at his feet. Like, live time, you have no idea. It looks like he's in possession of the ball. For probably at least 15 yards. Then sort of backs off of it, lets Bruno take the shot, and scores. Now, it's originally called offsides by the linesman. Because Marcus Rashford was offsides. They then go to VAR and go, well, no, he didn't touch it. Marcus Rashford never touched it. Yep. So it's not offsides, and the goal stands. Now, there is not a universe in which you can tell me with a straight face that Marcus Rashford's presence in the play does not impact the play. Yeah. And if he impacts the play, that makes the whole thing offsides. Yep. And people like read the rules, read the rules, read the rules. Guess what, motherfuckers? I fucking read the rules. Yeah. I went on Twitter and I found the FA's rules. And the problem in the rules is that it it is like determined to have impacted the play, which right. means it's the referee who decides whether or not yeah, it's they subjective. impact the play. Yes. It's a sub there's a subjectivity to the rule, right? Yeah. Which means I can't objectively be wrong, United Trolls on Twitter. Because it's a subjective interpretation. Yeah. However, there is not a goddamn person on the planet who has ever played soccer or football or whatever the fuck you want to call it. There is not a single person who ever played. And I'm talking played in middle school. Like, there's not a single person who ever tied up their cleats, put on shin guards, and played a game of soccer. That will tell you that that did not impact the behavior of the other offensive players, in this case, Bruno Fernandez. The defenders, primarily Akanji, Nathan Ake, and uh, Kyle Walker, and the goalkeeper. Yes. Everybody. Because if you watch the play, Kyle Walker is tracking Bruno in a way, the way that he tracks Bruno is tracking him as though he could potentially receive a pass. Mm -hmm. Not he's going to take a shot. Ederson is setting up, he's setting his, you know, Stance, as goalkeepers do as if Marcus Rashford is going to be the one to take the shot yeah. you know Akanji is making a run based on the fact that Marcus Rashford is present he's physically there mm-hmm. all of this impacts the play because he was offside and yet course changes the entire momentum of the game united scores again about four minutes later marcus rashford this time um there's nothing wrong with the second goal it's it's a goal it's a momentum Um, goal but it's a momentum goal the entire the game completely shifted on its head city had been in control before that game before that the first goal yeah so it completely changes the result of the game and you you cannot convince me 
that that goal should have been a goal. There's no, you know, I don't, I would have said, I honest to God, it's one of those situations where had that happened reverse, right? I'd be sitting here going, look, I'm not going to complain that my team won because that's ridiculous, but there's no way that goal should have stood. Yes. That's what I'd be saying as an imposing fan. And that's what I've heard several Manchester United fans yeah. say. Be like, yeah. look, I, you're not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not happy. I'm going to take what I can get. Yeah. But it shouldn't have been a goal. Like, there, I have not heard a single pundit say that they think it should have been a goal. People have either said, I've heard people say, if that's the rule to the letter of the law, then they should change the rule. Yeah. I've heard people say that. Tim Howard was like, no way in hell. <laughs> he was really funny afterward. He was like, no. Tim, Tim Howard was like, absolutely not. He that was like, as awesome. a goalkeeper, I would have been fear like, uh, yeah. Because like, he, because Ederson clearly sets as oh, absolutely. oh absolutely and no one and no one can tell me that he did not change his position specifically because he thought Rashford was going to shoot and and people are saying Manchester United fans who like cannot just admit that they got lucky which like it happens everybody everyone get lucky. every lucky. team gets lucky now and again like you can just admit you got lucky and move on like it's fine yeah, yeah. um no 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 they can't do that but the ones who can't do that are insisting that even if Rashford wasn't there, um, Bruno would have gotten to the ball first. And I'm like, first of all, I don't know that that's true because I think what the run that Akanji is making is completely different if Rashford also, isn't there. Two, even if he had gotten to the ball first, the defensive setup is going to look different if Marcus Rashford is erased from the play. Also, and you don't know that he scores. Also, if Marcus Rashford was not in the play at all, someone would have gotten that ball 15 yards ago while it was rolling casually towards the defenders. That's my argument. And even if it was, because people are basically saying like whoever was running with Bruno, which I think was Kyle Walker, um, I'd have to rewatch it completely, like wouldn't have beaten him to the ball. But I'm also like, you are misunderstanding. Kyle Walker was not sprinting to the ball. Because Marcus Rashford had the ball. Kyle Marker, Walker is marking Bruno. But also, like, Akanji so was Kyle, closer if, to the ball. Akanji is closer to the ball, so there's that. But even excluding that completely, if you're just talking about the runners, yeah. Walker and Bruno. Yeah. Walker was not at a dead sprint. No. He wasn't challenging for a ball. In his, as far as he knew, you know, when you're watching the play like that, he can't necessarily tell that Marcus Rashford hasn't touched it in live time on the field he can't tell it looks like i'll tell you in in live time you have to be looking very closely at his feet to tell that he doesn't touch the ball he looks like it's is in his possession yeah so kyle walker is not going to go full dead sprinting at marcus rashford no because that's bad defending but but if it's a loose ball and him and bruno are both running for it you cannot convince me that bruno fernandez is outrunning kyle walker to that ball no absolutely not Absolutely not. running in the play, sure. But that was not at Kyle Walker's full pace because Kyle Walker was not challenging for a an un for basically like an uh, an anybody's ball, right? It wasn't a yeah, 50 He was ball. marking the player that he was playing because yeah. and he was saying goal side of that player, he gave him a little bit of space because you don't know where that as far as he knew, you know, Marcus Rashford was gonna give a pass towards the outside lane to Bruno Fernandes and he was going to make that run in which case Kyle Walker needs to be a couple so it just the argument that it doesn't impact the play is ludicrous 
All this to say, I am more unhappy about the manner in which the loss happened than the loss itself. Had we just lost 2-1 on two good goals from Man United, I'd have been pissy about it because obviously I'm never going to be happy that City lose, especially in a derby. Yeah. But I'm I wouldn't be throwing a fit about it because if you listened last week, you'll know I was not particularly optimistic. I would have been pissed because I got up at five thirty a.m. to watch the game, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been like I wouldn't have been like raging. It is the it is the manner in which it happened that pissed me off. Yeah. Yep. I am hopeful <laughs> that it pissed all the city fans or the city players off enough that as a result, they're going to go beat the shit out of the next four teams they play because mm-hmm. they're pissed about it. Well, I hope that they don't on a certain level because they will be playing me. But look, as we said before we started recording, and I, this is true, I want Arsenal to win, but out of all the contenders, I would like City to be second. And you said the same thing, but opposite. Yeah, I said, obviously, I want City to win, but I would like Arsenal to finish second. And if City aren't going to win, yes. it better be Arsenal yes. who does. Exactly. That is my opinion. We, we kind of are ultimately, like, on a pretty good page together on what we want from this. Um, like, I will not throw a fit if Arsenal wins the league and City gets second. Yeah. I will throw a fit if United wins the league. <laughs> yeah. Rightly so. Um. Anyway... Moving on to the other game, which more good news for me, um, it was a North London derby um, as well this weekend. I don't know how they keep lining them up, but they do. Um, I wasn't worried about Arsenal, but like it's Arsenal and they had never won in like Tottenham's new stadium. And there was just like bad, like bad vibes beforehand, but clearly bad vibes. It's also like. It's a derby. Like there's you never even if both yeah. even if one of the four teams is in pretty bad form, like it's a derby, you never know. Like I think you just never know. Way, but... And Arsenal just like Arsenal is a different team this season than they ever have been, but like the trauma and PTSD of the old Arsenal remains strong. Mm-hmm. And I will I can attest to this because I literally texted her with like how many like two minutes left in the game. I was like, I'm fucking stressed. Um Arsenal. Yeah, that was funny. I was like, um, the game is basically over yeah. and you're up two nothing yeah, and but... you were like, Don't say anything. Um you know, no, no, no. <laughs> this is what it says. You trusted me. It was maybe five minutes left in the game and you said, I'm stressed. And I said, Da 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 why? You said, Because it's Arsenal. I said, It's two nothing with five minutes left. And then you said yeah. and then five minutes literally like six minutes after that, you texted me, Okay, now I'm okay. <laughs> Um, Arsenal is probably the most stressful team to watch because you just don't know. Um, ultimately, result. I know two. you just doubt your team. Yes, if you were a fan of them, you would doubt them too. Okay, don't. perhaps. Yes, Arsenal wins two zero. They basically the first half. I mean, they dominate. Um, they probably could have had more goals, but I'm mm-hmm. fine with the fact that it's like okay that they had the two. Um, the first one. It's a lovely run from Saka. It's a lovely, like, shot on goal. Lloris should have saved it. Yeah, it's a nice play. Um, He had no business scoring on that. No. 
Um, and that's kind of a he had absolutely of no business the game. On that. Um, I would it say- hit Lori's basically like dead in the chest, and yeah. Lori's like bobbled it in and went into the goal. I think it. I think it ultimately was said to be an own goal. Um, yeah, no, it was because it deflected off of the defender on the yeah. way to Lori's, and then yeah. Lori's bobbled into the goal and went into the which net. like Lori's is allegedly a world class goalkeeper. Like what? Mm. I, uh-uh. So I would also say on the second goal, which is a beautiful, like, sort of, like, outside of the box, like, low to the ground strike by Odegaard. And Tim Howard made this point, too, and I agree. It bounces twice on the ground before it goes into the corner of the net. And, like, mm-hmm. it might not have been – it's not an easy shot to save. Normally, you know, like, those it, shots are players in the box, hard. Like... Yeah. Normally, those shots, when drilled hard, they're going in, Right. I think the argument is it's bounced twice. It wasn't going that fast. Mm-hmm. If Loris is the top top tier goalkeeper, yeah. the argument is that he maybe should have done better on the ball. Yes, I would not disagree with that. In the sense that like maybe he scores anyway, but it should have been closer. Yeah. None of this to say to take any away from the thing from Arsenal. They no they, Arsenal played very well. They looked very good. Um, they also weathered the storm of Tottenham coming back in the second half, which I think everyone for the Tottenham team this year, but then also just the, a derby in general. I mean, you expect Tottenham at home to come back in the second half, and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I will say that Aaron Ramsdale played extremely well. He made some really good saves. Um. I like it when he doesn't have to do anything, but if you're going to win the league, you need to have a goalkeeper. I think he had like seven saves or something. And like, yeah, you need to have a goalkeeper who can do that. Like you're not going to not get shots on goal. So very mm-hmm. pleased with that. Um, and just kind of like, you know, I will say thank you, Arteta. He decided to pack it in the back a little bit earlier than he has in the past, which thank goodness. Um, Speaking of thanking Arteta, I'm going to have to go find this video again to send it to you, but you know, the, um, you know the like it's the song that's like a single mom who works two jobs loves her kids and that's like yeah. you know that song yeah um uh it's Dolly Parton I believe um there was an edit on TikTok of <laughs> Michael of Art Michael Arteta to that song and the incidents that the things that were like going down at the end of the game how he yeah. like he dragged Ramsdale away, and then and then you see Jacques going, and he screams. This is probably one of the funniest things in the world. Basically, after the so game funny. ended, Ramsdale and Richarlison argue. Richarlison is probably an asshat about it. Whatever, fine. And Ramsdale is at like the Tottenham end, so he like he's going to pick up his, his water bottle. His water at bottle. The end. One of the fans like j- kind of jumps over and kicks him in the back. They have found the fan. He is banned from Tottenham Stadium. He's getting whatever. But uncalled for, and rightly so, Ramsdale gets pissed off. Rightly so, all the Arsenal players, like, rush to his defense. Arteta grabs Ramsdale and, like, go over to the other end and celebrate. Dope. And the funniest thing is the screen, like, the image on, like, the TV that they show. You see him, like, walking Ramsdale behind. And then you just see mm-hmm. across the screen, Shaka, woo, right across. And then, and then when I tell you, Mikel Arteta has never moved faster Shaka in his Ramsdale life. And like, runs. he comes running, like he is sprinting. It is one of the funniest things I've it's ever seen. It's one of the life. funniest things I would say. If you want some comedic relief, go watch it. Another reason why, thank God, our manager is young, didn't pull a hammy, totally fine after the really like dead ass sprint he had to do. 
he like grabs shotgun it's just like I'm not dealing with your shit today let's just go and then they go I'll go celebrate I will say um on a, a little bit more serious to know about that Arteta is a very young manager and has had times been a little bit hot-headed on the bench he is like mm-hmm. known he got into a fight with Klopp last year like whatever like he likes to rile things up and not saying that he would have in this situation, but I appreciate him seeing and understanding and being like, I don't want anyone involved. I want everyone out. I'm not engaging. I don't want my players to engage. We're just going to go yeah. like celebrate the win. And yeah. I, I think, think he that shows well. like a good amount of like maturity in such a young manager. Um, and I, was I do think there is a big difference between beefing with another manager on the touchline yes. and beefing with fans. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I'm sure he will get into another manager's face as soon as possible and I'll have to whatever about it. But he managed that well. Um, Got another North London uh, Derby win. We are eight points clear at the top, which, dear Lord, who would have guessed that was possible. Um, We play United this weekend. Um, I was like going to be worried about this game, but United is currently Arsenal's only loss this season in a game that Arsenal probably should have won. So I, I, I kind of hope Arsenal is just going to co- come. Are you out playing at home? Are you at home? Are you at That's Old Trafford? A very good question. I feel like we are, but now I'm not. Yes, we are at home. So the other game was at Old Trafford. So it being at home, I think also gives us a boost. Um, yeah. Again, you got to play the game. You never know, but I don't know why I feel a little bit like you know like the football omens are like on our side maybe which I never feel like you're definitely you're definitely going into the game as the favorite I think Arsenal have have very rarely stumbled this year um and the stumble is playing very well is is I think yeah good Manu is playing very well but they did tie today um so you know that could be the sort of we haven't seen them on a really good good run and then drop points is the first time they've dropped points since being on their really good run so yeah. we'll see how they re- they react to that. Um, yeah. The only other thing, like, just to poke your buttons a little bit, I will be hoping for a tie. That is, look, I get it. Because, because that's, honestly, honestly. Because I, I would like both teams to draw points. So, I, yeah, I won't be. That's fine. It's not the end of the world if either team wins for City, as long as City also wins. But, look, technically, I, would like I was supposed to be happy that United won that game mm-hmm. against City. Technically, mm-hmm. it was good. I would have probably preferred a tie just so that they both would have lost points, honestly. Like, yeah. whatever. Just with how United has been playing and how City yeah, has been playing. Like, United is probably, if the trajectory stay the same, as much of a threat as City. Like, you know, like, yeah. Wh- however, I don't no, know I agree. if that'll stay the same. But, like, I... Which is why... I don't blame yeah. you for saying that. Like, I think, yes. I also don't think they like, will be upset if Arsenal wins. Like, but like you know, like want what's best for City. Like I want like both teams dropping points. Like City yeah. wants both teams to drop points. Yeah. So ultimately, either team winning, like one of the two teams that you we need to drop points drops points, right? Yeah. No matter the result, somebody that we need to drop points is going to drop points. So yeah. The best case scenario is that both teams drop exactly. points, but if only one of them drops points, I I would prefer it to be United over Arsenal, just because I hate United more than I don't hate Arsenal. So, thank goodness. Um, Man City also gave us our coach and two of our best players right now. So, thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> um 
Anyway. I think moving on from the Premier yes. League. I wanted to um, note um, the WSL because we love them, even though half of Arsenal's team is injured. But because the North London Derby was being played at Tottenham Stadium, Arsenal played Chelsea in the Emirates, which mm-hmm. always fun when they get to play in the actual stadiums. Um, Chelsea's in first place. Arsenal's in second. I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, yes, that's correct. yeah. I'm unless that had. I'm pretty sure that's, no, still, that's I, correct. I'm pretty sure that's, that's still correct. stands. I had to think too. about it for a second. Um, they tied this game one one. Um, I would think that Arsenal may have been a little bit disappointed. I think they probably would have. They, like a... they maybe could have pulled out a two one win. Um, um, they also gave up a, their goal. They gave up on the later side. It Chelsea like scored pretty late. Minute, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Samka. Yeah. I mean, gotta love her. Listen, uh, Sam Kerr is as Sam Kerr does. She's a machine. Yes. Yes, she is. Um, but I just wanted to note there were they broke broken attendance record. I think there was almost like fifty thousand people there or something. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but as usual, just like the growing of the game and in, for the women's game in England, um, obviously spurred on by their Euro Cup win. But it's just great to see um, that this is happening. That it's just like you know, it's it's becoming normal to go watch arsenal's women as much as it is to watch arsenal's men um and that is just great uh and we love to see it um i don't know if arsenal's probably not going to win the league this year because they have too many torn acls couple yep one was left out so she had to join her girlfriend um anyway just wanted to put that out there but I think we're going to transition to talk about some other leagues very quickly. Um, yeah, just um, really quickly, the Bundesliga is back this weekend, so uh, we'll see what time everybody plays, and I'll probably catch a game or two. We'll see. I think um, Bayern but they... plays Leipzig Saturday. I couldn't tell you the day. but um, Right. Anyway, point being. We'll have more things to talk about outside of the Premier League because we do both love the Bundesliga. Um, yeah, the Bundesliga is back. Um, in other news, the Supercopa final was this weekend um, against, it was Barca, it was in El Clasico, it was Barca yeah. versus Real Madrid. And let me tell you, I had a great time watching this game. Barcelona beat the yeah. ever-loving shit out of uh, Real Madrid. You texted me and I turned incredible. it on and I was like, oh, I like haven't fully, I don't think I've watched like, a lot of full Barcelona and I haven't watched any Madrid really barring like the champions league so i hadn't really known how they were going to match up and la liga is relatively close mm-hmm. but barcelona just like maybe madrid just didn't care i don't know but barcelona was just like no um i bye will bye. tell you madrid's midfield looked old yes which is understandable when barca's midfield is young but they're old just on like they are old and like they are Roderick, old, but Kroos and who Casemiro? No, not Casemiro. No, it's Kamavinga, but it's really, oh, oh. but it's really Modric and Cruz who, yeah. who just and, and listen, that's that's nothing to take away from the talent that they have as players and the careers that they've had, but they're old and they're, they're old. slow and they look slow and when they they're playing against old. Pedri and Gavi. And when like, you're playing Pedri and Gavi, who are 18 and 20 and have litter are like literal energizer bunnies that can run for the full 90 minutes I, and not stop you look tired and old 
and that's yes. the rea- and and that's yes. the reality of of the game. That that's how the game looked. That is there were big portions of the second half where it literally looked like Barcelona was just like playing a game of Rondo. Like yeah, it it was a complete dismantling. Yeah, to be it was, honest, it was I very it, entertaining to watch. Yeah, I. It I will ended... say I do love the what did it end as three zero four zero three zero. Couldn't tell you. I feel like it was three zero. I'm pretty sure. Um, I I've always entertained watching Pedri and Gavi because I feel like Pedri is very he's not reserved, but he is reserved next to Gavi because Gavi's just like I'm 18. I'm gonna run around and have fun. It was, yeah, it was three one. Okay. Oh, three one. I think because, the Benzema, um, Benzema score at the end. kind of a, a consolation Whatever, goal consolation. right at the end. But um But I just love Pedri and Gavi are just funny together. Because Pedri is not that much older than him, but you can tell he's like, okay, calm down. Like, not really, but like he's just like, okay, okay. Gavi, Gavi just will like launch himself into any fight. Like, he's like a little bit more Gavi. Ooh, I Gavi will like love, love, love fight anyone, I think. He genuinely will fight anyone he is all he was like i will step outside right now like he is ready to throw down 100 percent of the time he also had a really great game it was a goal and two assists for him he played Um, fantastic yeah yeah, it was a goal and two assists for him it was fantastic game for him um he was easily the best player in the game and other guys had very good games as well it was the best i've seen busquets play in a while um Busquets seems to have has struggled defensively recently, also because he's old um, and slow. Um, but so I wonder if that was perhaps him being old and slow was perhaps offset by the fact that Cruz and Modric are also old and slow, um, and that's why he played so well. But nonetheless, Frankie De Jong played well. Um, they actually set up a little bit differently than I ha- they have been recently with De Jong and Busquets playing side by side rather than yeah. um, Busquets as the sole six. Um, and I think that worked really well. Um, in yeah. the sense that it gives Busquets a little bit more coverage and a little bit, and and Frankie, I think honestly his best position is the six. So yeah, I think so too. He should play there anyway. But nonetheless, um, Balde played really really well out on yes. the back. Um, yeah, Barca is just looking really young and really exciting for the most part. Um, I think Barca finally they had a couple of years there where I think they were I think they were I mean honestly they were obviously transitioning between like yeah. the one set of homegrown players into the new set of homegrown players and you just had like there was a little bit of a gap time. in between and yeah that's totally okay that's fine but I think they're finally with Pedri Gavi Ansu Fati is he mm-hmm. he's kind of Balde back. yeah Balde. like I feel like they're 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 growing that up again I think obviously Pedri yeah. is probably a great coach for that in a way exactly um, and I think Javi sort of is the right mentality for sort of nurturing those because that's the system that he grew up in right yeah, like yeah he did what they did they're they're doing right like that's what he did so like I think it's a good environment for that this is also the first piece of silverware that Javi has earned as the Barcelona yeah. manager so that's exciting um I they looked really good um last weekend as well um so i i expect that they will continue their momentum a bit um but we'll see one note before we move into the nonsense that we have a little bit planned because we inevitably have some nonsense we actually um, plan this one too so it's even better yeah but this continue. is planned nonsense um there was a roster drop today for the uh, January 
camp for the U.S. Men's National Team. Ah, I missed this because I was not. So did I until I opened Twitter about 10 minutes ago while we were talking about something else. And I saw it and was like, we're going to talk about this. Did you know that you're sitting on your phone while we're recording? No, I'm just joking. Okay, well, I'm getting interesting insight. Am I not? So who cares if I scroll on Twitter at the same time? I'm Um, I'm joking. I think I actually opened Twitter for something specific, but I don't remember what. Um, but I'm just going to read it out. And then it, it's honestly not, it's very much like a, this isn't um, really, a it's a useful. weird mix. I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of things that I think are, are worth noting. Um, so goalkeepers, uh, Sean Johnson. Um, I don't even know who this Roman Celentano guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think notably Gaga Slanina is on here. Yeah. Um, that's notable. I think he's quite good. Yes, and I think, think and he's, he's quite good. young. So we've yes. talked about him before. So yeah. notable that he is he is getting the call up. Um a lot of these defenders I don't know who they are. I'm not gonna read them all, but um nope, a lot of them I don't know who they are. Um so I don't really have much to say about them, but I like that I don't I will say I will actually say there's a big chunk of this roster that I'm gonna have to do some Googling on, which I probably will once we get off this call. We can talk um, about it next week too, if anything specific. Yeah, happens. there's. I'm gonna do some googling on some of these guys because there's a lot of these guys I don't know, and I'm that I like that. Um, obviously, I don't think most. It'd guys be great if we Europe. don't know them and that they're playing. If if we don't know them and they're somehow playing in Europe, that would be that would be ideal. I mean, I think I based on the couple of the guys that I do know, i.e., Gaga Slonina, Paxton Aronson is on here. Yeah. Um, Matthew Hoppy is on here. Yeah. Um those types of guys they're the everybody i know on here i know on the roster is either a very young player or an mls player (laughs) yes um everybody i know on the roster uh is one of those two things obviously the mls players are in the off season it's easier to call them up these games are we're obviously just finished world cup so these games like don't really mean much but um, Uh, honestly i bet you that many of the european clubs were like no Absolutely not. Like, and most pl- guys like probably don't want to leave their European club for a. No, you know, be? there's no way like Brendan Aronson or Tyler Adams are going anywhere. Like, Leeds need them very badly right now. Like, point being, P- Christian Pulisic is hurt. Um, Weston McKinney and Juve is in some trouble, so they need Weston McKinney. You know, so on and so forth. Um, yeah, Fulham yeah. obviously is not going to give up half their starting back line. Um, no, that would be stupid. <laughs> so basically, there's nothing shocking about the fact that this is no. an interesting lineup, but it, it it is an interesting noted. Basically, Paxton Aronson is sort of the biggest. Woo-woo. Paxton Aronson and, and Gaga Slanina are the two that stick out to me the most on here. Yeah. Um, in terms of players that I am aware of that are quite young that I have been excited about. Yeah. Um, so. Just interesting note that there is a January camp happening right now. So 13 of them are seeking their first cap. Um, I'm going to pull up and see if they have the roster details right now. Um, Just before I do deep dives into any of them, see if there's anything particularly interesting about any of these guys we don't know. If my phone loads. Um, Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I don't care about the... Okay. Um... Okay, yeah, the third goalkeeper is in the MLS. Okay, so goalkeepers, interestingly noted-wise, uh, there is one of them is at Jonathan Gomez is at Sociedad in Spain, um, who is the only defender here that I haven't heard of. And it looks like Sam Rogers is at a Norwegian club. 
fantastic. Who, fantastic. I don't know who he is or anything about the club that he plays for, but just to note there. Um, so that's something here to see. Uh, it looks like most of the guys in midfield, other than Paxton Aronson, are in the MLS. Um, but obviously, I'll do some research. We've I've said previously that I'm okay if guys are in um, the MLS if they're quite young. Yes, um, very young. Yeah, most noted, and then forwards. Most of these guys are also MLS players, um, with the exception of Matthew Hoppy, who is at Middlesbrough mm-hmm. in England. Um, Emmanuel Sabi is in, in, at a club in Denmark. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and Alejandro Zendejas is at a at Club America Mexico. Okay. So worse, of- also don't really care probably. So overall. Anyway, just interesting to think about. But a lot of these guys um, are, you know, have very few, very, very few, um, you know, sort of Depending notes. Depending on they are playing. that are given, I probably will watch a little bit, literally to watch Paxton Aarons and play, probably. Yeah, they're playing Serbia and Colombia. Serbia, um, actually, well, that actually might be, well, Serbia should win that I, game, but... Serbia and Colombia, neither of whom are like slump teams. Um, so yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I will probably, depending on when the games are exactly, which I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'll probably watch some of them at least. Or so. Yeah, the av- the roster a- average age is twenty four. So. Yeah. Well, we do love that as much as possible. Um, and we'll keep you updated on when those games are and what we think if we watch some or, you know, whatever. Um, should we move lastly, but certainly not least, into what I wrote into the agenda as quirky unhinged thing per usual? Yes. And this is going to um, be brief, but Kat just wants to talk about it. And it is slightly unhinged and wacko this is, and I don't really understand. So basically, the reason that I bring this up is because I saw this while scrolling through TikTok. As one I does. Know, um, last night, fairly late for me, which means it was even later for Rachel. So I didn't text her at it because I knew Well, we I was just most today. definitely asleep. Yeah, you were most definitely. For you, it was the middle of the night. Exactly. So it was, you were most definitely asleep. Like I was like, we're going to talk tomorrow anyway. But basically this young man, let's put it that way. A young man, a, an English young man on Twitter um, or on TikTok, excuse me, made a TikTok basically that was the most disliked player on every team in the Premier League. And of course I watched it because I was like that could be unhinged and hilarious i want to know right yeah it was unhinged just in a way that i wasn't expecting (laughs) in the sense that i want to know what universe this young man lives in yes i would like to know what people this young gentleman speaks to what side of twitter he is on what side of tiktok like where is he gauging the vibe that where is he getting 
his idea on like what the attitude is towards certain players. Because there is one in particular that I will note that I cannot make heads or tails of. Yeah, this is probably now. There's a couple of them that you're like, okay, can't really argue with that. He says for Aston Villa, Emmy Martinez. Emmy Martinez is a very big shithouser. I can understand why he could be disliked. Um, for Manchester City, he said Jack Raylish. Um, which again, we know on this podcast, I have a deep love and appreciation for Jack Raylish. But on on the other hand, I very much understand how he could be hated. I would probably really dislike him if he played on somebody else's team. Um, same thing with like Richarlison for Tottenham. Like, okay, those were the only three that I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, there were some of them that were like, that's, I guess that's not wrong. Like, Leeds, he said Patrick Bamford. Like, once again, maybe it's because I'm from Philadelphia, but like, I find Patrick Bamford amusing. Like, yeah, my dad, did I text you? My dad was him. like, what, when, whatever, I don't know what game this was, when he walks up to take this penalty, and my dad texts me, and he's like, this man looks like he just woke up from a nap. Yeah, like, and I, I was like, that's that just what Patrick guy. Banford like, looks that's like. <laughs> hilarious. I guess maybe there's people on there who don't like that, or like, that he's kind of like, seems like he probably shotguns beers before he plays. Like, yeah, but Jack Grealish probably does that too. Like, ja- but the thing is, like, Jack Grealish is like Jack Raylish is like high class trashy. Yeah. And like Patrick Bamford is not high class trashy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. Like, I understand you. You get what I'm saying? Like Patrick Bamford is getting trashed at like the dive bar. Jack Raylish is getting trashed in Ibiza. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that's the difference. Right. Not legendary. There. Right? Good job. Like, that's correct. You're I'm, not I'm wrong. Correct. You are not so wrong. So once again, I could I don't dislike Bamford. I could see that one fair enough. He said Bruno Fernandez for Manchester United, which while I am not a Bruno's Bruno Fernandez fan, is incorrect. The ease how you can say that Bruno is the most hated player on Manchester United when Harry Maguire is right there. Harry Maguire is like the most right hated footballer there. in like all of England. Like I'm like so many people hate Manu or mm-hmm. hate Manu, and so many people hate Harry Maguire. Like, what are you talking about? Like, also like, like, like he actually surprisingly played okay in the World Cup. I think everyone still hated him. Everybody hates Harry Maguire. Everyone like, hates I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Likewise, like he said, Mason Mount for Chelsea, which I disagree with because I think the only people who passionately hate Mason Mount are Chelsea fans. <laughs> like for like no reason, really. I don't think people who aren't Chelsea fans hate Mason Mount. People who aren't Chelsea fans hate Aubameyang. Yes, as an Arsenal fan, we all hate Aubameyang. But why wouldn't you? Like, He's kind of that's weird. who you hate. Um, he said Dean Henderson for Nottingham Forest, which I just want to know what Dean Henderson has done. Wear a baseball. Like, hat. doesn't he just vibe and wear a baseball hat? Like, yeah. He's I mean, probably the only player on Nottingham Forest this guy knew. Say. He's maybe the only player on Nottingham Forest who's, like, commonly known. So, like, yeah, but maybe in that he case, is. like, I don't know that necessarily that makes him hate him. But, like, whatever. Especially given that this guy did not name a single player for Brentford, Brighton, Leicester, and Southampton. Did not name any players for any of those teams. Which I'm like, my guy, Ivan Tony is right there. Yeah. He is right there. The man cheated for himself. The money. man gambled on himself. 
(laughs) or gambled on soccer unclear what exactly he he gambled gambled on on the game to which he was playing that's illegal like on like so many counts it's not like he did it once he did it like hundreds of times yeah so like for real my guy he is he's right there what do you mean (sighs) there's nobody that anybody on Brentford hates come on now um also I think Brighton is a fairly easy one as well Trossard yeah this is true this is true he's talking a lot of smack in social media right now everybody's tired of that shit um (laughs) yeah Lester also like you really telling me you couldn't come up with a single person on Lester is Jamie Vardy still there yes there you go Jamie Vardy Jamie Vardy is just as much of a shithouser as Patrick Bamford and Jack Raylish yeah absolutely just because he's been quiet a little bit don't forget about him come on now come on now the drama Patrick Bamford has been injured well, yeah, he's been doing anything. Played all season. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't try to score this past weekend, but you know what I mean. Like, if he's been quiet, so is he. Like, come on now. But the one that really, the one that really, really, really got and meant I had to bring this up is who this young man said is the most hated player on Liverpool. I guarantee you. I want you, if you were listening to this, make like three guesses. Take three guesses. I guarantee you, you're wrong. A hundred. I would bet yes. you a hundred dollars. You're right definitely now wrong. That and you if you're not, will wrong, not guess. I'm shocked. Like I want to talk to you. Will not guess who this guy said is the most hated player on Liverpool, according to this young man on TikTok. Not a really is valid Har- source. Is Harvey Elliott? Yeah, the kid's 19. He's played in how many matches? Did you say? He's had 26 caps. He has 26 caps. He's 19 years old. He is not relevant enough to be the most hated player on Liverpool. He <laughs> plays he pretty regularly. He's played pretty regularly this season, but like, didn't was he the victim of a pretty like awful foul last year, and that's like why he didn't play at all? If I remember correctly, he got hurt last didn't year. Didn't he get and, like, injured? Play for a while. Yeah, and then he's played this year. Yeah, but, like he yeah. not particularly Liverpool been bad. Like, yeah, what he hurt his? Oh no. Didn't he break his leg like pretty nastily or something? I don't yeah, know. I don't really yeah, want to look it he, up. Oh, he but... dislocated his ankle. Yeah, I knew it was something nasty. Like it was something nasty. Yeah. Genuinely, anyway, all this yes. kid has done is get called up to the first team. He got injured pretty quickly, didn't play for a long while, and has been like very average this year. Yeah, I would say he actually probably has been actually playing relatively well, but he's been playing fine, Liverpool but like I don't have the why I would that mean that people list hate a him? dozen players on like Harvey Elliott? If you started asking me, name some players on Liverpool you don't like. Harvey Elliott would not even cross my mind. And I am, and I am a yeah. A, you hate everyone on Liverpool. Sign sealed, delivered Liverpool hater. Like <laughs> tattoo it on my forehead. I hate Liverpool. Like yeah. What Harvey Elliott? Twenty six hey. caps is the most hated player on Liverpool. Come on now. You have Trent Alexander Arnold on your team, and you still think it's Harvey Elliott? I don't know what team this man, young man supports. I don't. And this young man is never going to hear this podcast. If you hear this, sir, I don't know what your name is. I don't know who, who I don't know anything about you other than your for your TikTok came on my for you page. I would like you to I would like a five paragraph essay explaining the evidence that you have that Harvey Elliott is the most hated player on Liverpool. And and if we're missing something, if we've missed something, we sources. Will admit, I want a bibliography. Yeah, I want a bibliography. We will admit our mistake, 
we will we will because we don't know everything but I just want to say like I'm very online more in than terms me. of this like is true. this is true I'm like really on Twitter so like I can't and I'm also like very on like Liverpool hater Twitter of course so like are. how I have literally never seen anyone on Twitter I read the comments I'm toxic I read the comments I have not seen anyone talk shit on Harvey Elliott like people talk shit on Trent Alexander Arnold and Virgil Van Dyke and before this year Sadio Mane and Salah and Darwin Nunez come on now you know how much hate that man gets so much and you're saying Harvey 19 year old 26 games poor Harvey Harvey Elliott poor Harvey Elliott I'm I want to apologize to Harvey Elliott on behalf of this young man you did not. You are not the most hated player on Liverpool. You just Harvey can't Elliott. be. You can't be. I'm a. I am a Liverpool hater, and I don't hate you. Watch him do something like next week, and we're all like, yeah, we watch he's gonna like, he's gonna like make the dirtiest play of all time this weekend or some <laughs> shit like that. But I, I genuinely, this shit was so unhinged that I was like, I have to tell the public. I have to tell the general public about this. The I have to. The public of our like, you know. Of the three people who listen to this podcast, yeah. including my dad. Hi, dad. Um, <laughs> like, anyway. Anyway, that's just the unhinged nonsense I had to add to the end of this. Because I just think if I had to know that somebody out there thinks that RBL is the most hated Liverpool player, so do you. Yeah. Um, and we didn't, and, and you know, like sometimes, normally we don't plan our unhingedness on this podcast. But, you know, sometimes it is pre-planned and you just got to go with it. Sometimes the unhingedness comes to me on t- from TikTok at about midnight, Mountain yeah. Standard Time. And so I just need to share it with bring it, bring it forward. Yeah. Um anyway, with that, um, we're gonna wrap up. Uh we will be uh we're back on like our weekly schedule again. There's there's plenty of games, you know, weekend games, whatever. So we will be back in a week's time with another episode to talk about all the fun things going on um do you have anything you want to say lastly you good um welcome back bundesliga thank god more soccer to watch we do love it um and you know the champions league is creeping towards us ever closer ever closer which is going to add even more chaos to our lives well not me because my team's not in it but besides the point um Anyway, I think that's all we have. Um, Happy soccer watching for the weekend. um, And you will hear from us next week. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.